0: Summertime is a time where we, we travel and we take road trips. I mentioned uh, last week that I kind of added up them. I didn't kind of. I saw exactly how many miles I drove over the period of three weeks. It was 5,866, something like that. A lot of miles. It shocked me. And when I'm in the car, I spend a lot of time with the Lord. And I was able to go to youth camp and be able to help with that a little bit, but also get time with the Lord and just seek the face of God For our church, the vision of our church, what the future holds. But in the fall, I really feel like we're going to get back to some of the core vision of who we are as a church. And that's just to outreach into our community. Amen. I believe very firmly that one of the reasons we have not seen the harvest that we would like to see in the kingdom of God. And the Lord told me this years ago when I was involved in in doing outreaches at the church I came from in Louisiana on staff there. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day, and he simply said, You know, Jason, the church is, is, is one of the places that should live very closely to my principles of sowing and reaping, but they're the ones that forget it the first and foremost. And we expect a harvest of souls, but we are not willing to go sow into that harvest. Amen? And what I've learned is simply we can sow an act of kindness and love And letting people know that there's a God who loves them and a God that's for them. Amen? And they get that into their good soil of their heart. And as the Bible says, one sows, another waters, but God gives the increase. Amen? So we want to see those seeds of of God's love and kindness sown into our community. Because I'm just crazy enough to believe that some old, just an old group of people right here in Homosassa can see a whole community change for God's glory. Amen. 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 Can see God do miraculous things. But it's on us to do the work of the kingdom. God has called us to a certain work. And I'm going to talk about that today. Is it okay if I just talk a lot more than I maybe preach or teach to you? The Holy Spirit's been challenging me lately that I stick too closely to my notes. Amen? So if I'm all over the place today, forgive me, okay? That's, 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 that's my way of saying it, if I'm all over the place. But we are going to be in Matthew 25, and we are going to talk about this, this path that God wants us to be on, how we can actually find ourselves unknowingly. And I want you, if this, if this, any of the things I talk about today describe your walk with the Lord You may need to evaluate whether you're on the broad path or you're on the narrow path. You need to evaluate whether you're walking in lockstep with the things and the culture of the world around us, or if we have entered in the door of Jesus and we are on the narrow path that leads to life. The path, uh, the broad path, Jesus said, leads to destruction and the narrow path, it leads to life. And here's what Jesus plainly said. He said, there's a whole lot of people on the broad path. Here's the scary thing. They don't even know it. They don't even realize it. They don't even understand that they're on the wrong path. So today I want to call your spirit man to attention to hear the word of the Lord that I believe he has for us. And I believe he's going to speak to our hearts. Amen? Amen. Go there to Matthew 25, and we'll jump in there in just a minute. Because oftentimes I think when I talk about subjects like life and being a wise builder, we sing a song, I'll build my life upon you, and it'll be a firm foundation. Paul actually reiterated those words, those very words that we sing. He said, I, with the foundation that Christ laid, have become a wise builder. Oftentimes in life, we think... That our life is just going to come together in an orderly place and fashion and things are going to begin to be built just by random or not ever applying ourselves to spiritual principles. But I want to tell you today that God is calling his people to live by the word of God and its principles. And when you live by the word of God and its principles, you are going to see the results that God has. So look at Matthew 25. Verse 21 today, and I pulled out the New Living Translation. So just follow along in the translation you're joining with me today, and we'll see what God says. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And then James 4.14 says, what is your life? So, Jesus is giving a parable, he's talking to somebody who walked the road of life, they went on the road trip up the narrow path that we're going to talk about today, and they had an ending that God desired, where God said, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your reward, and the celebration we're going to celebrate together. How many want to hear that at the end of their road trip? Well done good and faithful servant. We all do. Let's take a moment and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us today. Spirit of God, as we have worshiped Jesus, as we have lifted his name, we know you're here with us. And Lord, you said that you don't have any need of any man to teach you, but the anointing of the Spirit of God would teach us. So today, Father, we ask you, whatever that step is that you want us to take, we pray you would speak to our hearts, you would change our lives. Father, whatever is said of Jason Hanks, let it fall by the wayside, but anything said under the unction and anointing of the Holy Spirit, let it go into the hearts of the people of God today, whether they be here present or they're watching online right there at home or in their car, wherever they may be. May the word of God find us. As we find you today, Holy Spirit, we love and praise you in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. So we're talking about a spiritual journey. We're talking about a road trip. We're talking about the fact that we're all on a journey in some form or fashion. So really the first step in any journey, and especially your spiritual journey, is to know. Everybody say no. No. And I want, here's what I want you to know. When God calls us and puts the call to come into relationship with him by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, you have your sins forgiven, you're washed clean, and God first. The place we all need to start is to know him. Jesus said very plainly this. He said eternal life is to know him. Everybody say no again. Yes. And, and it's important to understand God is not making himself difficult to know church. Amen. We, a lot of religions and and people will tell you that walk maybe a religious path, but I want to point you to the path, not of religion, but one of a relationship. Amen. Amen. And by religion, I don't mean, and we're going to talk about this in depth. I don't mean that God doesn't put boundaries and guardrails because Jesus very clearly called the path of life to know him a very narrow path. And he said, we're going to read it, but he said, there's few that actually find it. That should sober us up this morning and have us evaluate where we are on our road trip, on the path of life, on what God's called us to do. The second thing is, and this is really the vision, and let me just throw this out here for a few minutes before we dig into the word deeply. This is really the vision of Christian Center Church. So you're going to hear this a lot if you come here regularly. First, you have to know him. Everything starts with knowing God. Everything starts with that relationship daily with him. And I'm not talking about just on Sunday morning. I'm talking about a living, breathing relationship that we know and understand. Jesus wants to do every area of life with you. Amen? You go to the ball game and watch the kids play t-ball, listen, Jesus wants to be right there in the midst of it. You spend time with family and gather with your family. Jesus wants to be right there in the midst of it. The second thing is grow. Everybody say grow. So we not only need to know him, but God never intended for us to stop at just knowing him. He wants us to find freedom. Everybody say freedom. Freedom. All of us have issues that keep us from the best version of ourselves. Can you get an amen this morning? All of us do. And I don't think I am the best version of myself yet. I think that God has issues that he confronts me with attitudes and things in my heart. How many know that walking with Jesus, sometimes you get to a place where you're like, man, alive, I've I've become so spiritual. I may just disappear from the earth at any moment. And then he comes along and he shows you another aspect of your heart that you're like, Jesus, I didn't even know that that was in there. So it's not just knowing him, but we need to get into a place where we understand that God wants me to grow. And who does he want me to grow into? He wants you to become like Jesus. Max Licato, and I've mentioned it many times and I'll say it many more because it so blessed me when I read one of his books and it said this. Jesus loves you just like you are, but he loves you too much to leave you like you are. He wants you to become just like him. So as we talk about a road trip of life, as we talk about paths that you can be on in life, God just doesn't want you to know him and to be, be forgiven by him and to come into a relationship with him. Then you start the journey of spiritual growth, and God wants to begin to deal with your issues. Amen? And then thirdly, and this is the vision of the church, to know him, to begin to be discipled. Discipled just simply means a disciplined one. So if you're somebody who walks the way of Jesus, then there are disciplines that God wants to introduce into your life that is going to be an avenue for you to begin to grow. And then thirdly, everybody say go. Go Go is discover your purpose. Some of you think that you were put on this earth and you are just an accident. But I came to tell you this morning, I don't care what your parents said. I don't care what some, some teacher said or anybody else said over you, you or were born with a purpose and on purpose to serve God for his purposes. Amen? Amen. And part of that is not just knowing him. A big part of it is beginning to be discipled and grow. But thirdly, and this is where I want to land for just a minute this morning. Because my heart is so full that we have people over these last few weeks, and whether it be youth camp and our leadership, I see some of them sitting back there, that took of their own time, listen to me for a minute, took of their own time, took off work, some of them took vacations that they could have been doing anything else, and they came to serve the next generation. And I want to tell you how I operate here at Christian Center Church. How I operate at Christian Center Church is you are blessed coming in and you are blessed going out. Amen. You say, "What do you mean, pastor?" What I mean is, you didn't come to a church this morning of a pastor that wants to try to control everything you do. You came to a pastor that's going to encourage you to find your purpose and I will be- become your biggest cheerleader. Amen. Amen. So many people are waiting on some kind of a special angelic visitation to do what God told him to do. And honey, let me tell you, he already told us what to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And you have my full release. You have my full permission. Now, if you're thinking about going off to the mission field for a period of a long time, please come and talk to me. Amen? Amen. Those are major life things. Those are major ministry decisions and things that you're going to need the support and blessing of your church but you didn't come to a church that's going to try to control what you do, I came to tell you this morning that you need to know Him, you need to grow in your faith, and when you get to a certain place of growth, you begin to look around and understand something very important this morning. This Christian life and the path that you're on was never meant to be boring. Come on, somebody. If you are bored in your Christian life, Let me introduce you to Jesus who will take you on the wildest ride that you could ever possibly go on. So to be a growing Christian and to be a going Christian, you have to step out of the boat in faith sometimes and say, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know exactly what you're calling me to, but I see a person across the room at work and I know you want to use me to speak into their lives. Guess what? You've become a knowing and a growing Christian. That's what you've just done. And it so blesses my heart that we have a group of people that are right now down in Mexico City that are, are fulfilling the Great Commission. And listen, we don't have to fly halfway across the world to fulfill the Great Commission when we've got neighbors who are lost. We have coworkers who are lost. And, and really, I want to spur you on this morning and just encourage you that as we look at this principle, as, the, as he said there in Matthew 25 when he simply said, look, well done, good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the lord or the new Living translation puts it let's celebrate i yes. has not seen and ear has not heard what god has in store for those who have faithfully loved served and committed their life to him but here and i'm going to get to this in depth at the end but let me just say and again i'm just just asking for the help of the holy spirit as i say things are in the right order where it will impact you this morning because I'm afraid that a lot of us are going to get to the end of the path that God has called us on. And we have. if, if you're washed in the blood of Jesus, you've received his forgiveness, you are washed from your sin. Let me tell you something. When you stand before him, because let me skip ahead just a little bit. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Yes. Yes. And for me to remind you on the road trip of life that the decisions you make, because... For him to say, enter into, because I don't want to hear just welcome. I want to hear, well done. Come on, somebody. I don't want to hear just welcome. You you received my son. But I want to hear, look, well done, good and faithful servant. So that means that we will give an account for how we walk the path that God laid out before us. It means that we'll give an account for the decisions we made and the and the things that we said. That's scary, isn't it? Every idle word. I, I, okay, Lord, help me. Not scary. It's sobering. Yes. It, it's sobering to, to read scriptures like that as we get into the word and to realize that even some of the things that we idly say. Some of the things we say about other people. Come on, somebody. God is... God is watching that. God is so so let's 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 ask God to help us this morning to look at this narrow path that Jesus talked about. Turn in Matthew 7. We're going to look at verses 13 and 14. And today it's not knowing the steps of the journey. It's really having somebody maybe come along beside us and give us just a little horn honk. Yeah. Look, if you get behind Pastor Light, it turns green especially an arrow and I'm behind you. I'm going to honk at you. I'm just I'm just telling you. Just give you a little honk. And I have, I've had people, you know, do that for me when I'm distracted. I'm like, thank you. I wave at them and say thank you. I don't get upset. Because spiritually speaking, I want you to hear the horn honk of God behind you saying, get up and let's get moving forward. I talked last week that 40 days can change your life. We see 40 in the Bible all the time. And we live approximately 25,000 days throughout a 70-year lifespan. And most of the time, we think that it's going to take all those years. God can do more in 40 days when you apply yourself to spiritual principles. You you can do in 40 years of trying on your own. So we're really focused on growing, we're focused on knowing, we're focused on discipleship over these 40 days. And listen, I want you to make a special commitment over these next 40 days to spend more time in the Word, spend more time with Him, because we are on a journey. Everybody say journey. Amen. This is the narrow path that Jesus talked about. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, this is the New King James Version, says it like this. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So, what does it look like from a biblical standpoint to be on the pathway that God has us on? To be on the road trip of life, because we're all on the road trip of life, and like I mentioned... The pathway, it just gets really broad, and the broad pathway in our culture today says that that I'm on the path of life, and I can do what I want, and I can say what I want, and I can pray through the streets how I want, and I can shake my fist to God how I want, but can I tell you, God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that which he will reap. So we need to make sure we're on the right path. And here, Jesus is correcting something that needs corrected in us if we are going down the road trip of life, down the narrow path. Because when you punch in a destination on a road trip, you see this is where I'm at and you uh, highlight of where you're actually going. So I want to punch in that GPS by the word of God today to evaluate our path, to look at our path, to make sure we're on the right path, the narrow path. Of life, because broad is the way that leads to destruction, but the narrow path is something that leads us to life. Everybody say life. life. And really, think in the context of who Jesus was talking to at that time. Jesus was talking to a group of people. Think about this. He was talking to a group of people that he showed up and they had related the path that they were on to keeping a list of do's or don'ts, right? Mm -hmm. They had related the path that actually led to life to keeping the commandments. Now, understand, if you want to boil down what the Old Testament basically is about, it's the law and it's the prophets, amen? The law and the prophets were given. The law was given. The Ten Commandments were given because God wanted His people to be on the correct path. And the correct path of God, listen to me this morning, it has guardrails. It has instructions. It has God saying this is the way that you live life. But we see all throughout the Old Testament the reason you had the law and then the reason you had prophets. And if you want to know what a minor prophet and a major prophet is, it literally is the thicker ones (laughs) are the major prophets. You say it's that simple? It really is that simple. Jonah is a minor prophet. It's a smaller book. And Ezekiel and others are major prophets because they had more pages in there and, and the things that they prophesied. But really what you saw in there was... God gave his law. Man couldn't keep the law. So he would send prophets to say, y'all, let's get back on the path of life. Are you tracking with me? Yeah. This is the path of God's law. This is the path of God's life, right? And I want you to be on it. So they were continually calling people back to get back on the path of life. But we all know, as we live in the New Testament age of grace, we look back at the Old Testament and we simply understand that man kept failing to keep what God said to live up to. Yeah. Now, before you misunderstand what your pastor is talking about this morning, when Jesus showed up, a lot of people had given up and said, well, if I can't really live that, I'm just going to stay on this broad path because at least I get to choose what I can do and how I do it and when I do it and everything else. And Jesus comes along and what he showed the people of God, do not miss this right now this morning. Listen to me for just a minute. What he was showing them is simply this is that God gave His law, and it's not so much about just keeping the law, it's understanding that you can now follow a person. Yes. Jesus didn't come to abolish the narrow path. He came to fulfill the narrow path. Come on, somebody. Yes. Yes. So the number one thing, if you're taking notes this morning, and you want to be on the narrow path, you have to follow Jesus. Yes. Right? He didn't come to abolish, but, and the reason I say that is Jesus actually turned the the tables a little bit and he told them very plainly, he said, Look, it's not just about the external. I'm now going to turn the attention on the internal. Because before you think that the law didn't matter, of course it mattered, but Jesus came along and he said, Hey, you've heard it said that if. You commit adultery, you've sinned. Because people were on a broad path of destruction. They just didn't know it because they stood there and said, Yeah, I haven't committed adultery and I haven't murdered anybody. And Jesus said, Wait a second. If you looked on a woman with lust, it's the same thing as committing adultery. Yes. Jesus said, Wait a minute. You think you're on the narrow path. but if, but And this is what he said. He said, If you have hatred in your heart, speak. You hear me this morning. Yes. So he took it away. He said, you're the same as a murderer. Because some of you are sitting here like, well, I don't cheat. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't steal. I don't do anything externally. But my question this morning on the path of life is if you're really following Jesus and we say, okay, pastor, how in the world do I follow Jesus? You do what Jesus did because he didn't come to do away with the path. He said, I'm finally here to show you how to walk the path. He said, I have come that you may have life and you may have it abundantly. So you're on the path of life. You're on the narrow path. You've entered through the narrow gate, which is the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, hey, if you want to know what it means to follow God, you have to learn how to follow me. Because what he say, I didn't come to do away with the law and prophets. I came to fulfill it. And by fulfilling it, I'm going to call you to walk alongside me, know me. And then I want you to begin to grow into doing everything like me, thinking like me, talking like me, believing, all everything. I want you to do it just like me because the disciples ask a very natural question. God, how do we, when Jesus gave the go command and said, go into all the world and make disciples. And they're like, how do we do that? Commanding them all things that I have taught you. Go and teach them to do the same things. So he's not doing away with the law, but he's calling us to a deeper place of following him in intimacy. So number one is simple, but it's profound. Follow Jesus. Don't follow a man. Don't follow a church. Some of you have your favorite YouTube videos and all this different other stuff. If I can encourage you the next, we're seven days into it, so for the next 30 days, 33 days, focus on following him. And getting to know him. And you are then, because culture will tell you, man, you're over here on this broad path. And that's what the wide path is. The wide path is, is just following in line with everything that the world does, everything the world says. And can I tell you, the the church needs to learn separation from the world again. And listen, before you think that that's you standing on the street corner with a sandwich board that says turn or burn. No, 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 no. That's Easy. Yeah, but they persecute me. Somebody threw a Coke can at me the other day. It's a lot harder. Listen to me. It's a lot harder to live it before your family. Y'all know who the hardest person for me to pray for is? My wife. Because she knows me. Because we have kids and we have laundry and we have cooking sometimes. She's in Mexico City. She's not going to go here. Sometimes we have home cooked meals. Sometimes they're better than others, y'all. When I cook them, no, I'm kidding. Don't tell her I said that. But it's one of the hardest things to do because those people, and some of you have gotten into a place where you're like, "Yeah, I, eh, I can't minister to my coworker because they've seen me gripe and complain about my boss, and they've seen me gripe about this, and they say, shame on us. Amen? Because Jesus said, follow me. Following Jesus means, guess What? You look, act, and talk like Jesus for whatever step that means for you. For me, in the context of my family, it means that the definition of success for this man right here in following Jesus is when the ones that know you the best trust you the most. Are you hearing me this morning? So there's a broad path, and Jesus said there's a whole lot of people that are on this path. And he said there's a narrow path. And can I tell you this morning, there aren't three paths. There aren't five paths. There aren't 12 paths. There are two. And the road trip of destination that you are on, and one is either going to lead to damnation and destruction. Come on. And the other one is going to lead to heaven and life, not just in this life, but eternal life. And we need to evaluate which path that we're on. And to do that, we need to first ask ourselves a question. Am I really following Jesus. Number two, let go of the past. Let go. When you're traveling, when you, when you start to follow Jesus, then the second thing is simply we have to use the light on the narrow path. Everybody say light. light. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. To walk down the path that God has called us to walk down, you have to have it illuminated before you so that you know how to walk down it. How do we illuminate our path? You illuminate the path that is in front of you today with the scripture of the word of God. You may be in here and you may be saying, Pastor, I know to know, grow, and go, but I don't know how to start that. I don't know how to walk that. I don't know how to do it. The reason that so many believers are walking in darkness even right now is because the only contact you have with the Scriptures and the Word of God is on Sunday morning. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. You don't know, know, know which direction. Because, church, we are living in a very dark world. Yeah. Not in our lifetime have we seen, and I'm talking about just my lifetime, I can't speak for everybody else, but I grew up... Much like many of you did in a little bit older school ways when things were a little, a lot more moral and people had just a moral compass. We have completely lost that as a culture. And how do we get it back? We follow Jesus. It doesn't mean we're condemning everybody. It means that people are attracted to life and light. And as we know the scriptures, we will know how to walk in a perverse generation with God's light. But let me remind you very simply that a lot of times we want to take the spotlight and shine it on somebody else. Sin. How about we turn that around and let God shine his light of his word on us? Come on. Let, 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 let's, let's let God's word illuminate where we're walking off path or where we may be on a broad path that's going to lead to destruction. The problem is most of us don't have a relationship with scripture outside of Sunday morning. And my encouragement to you to be on the path of life is you have to get into the word of God. Amen. Yeah. And, and and listen, before you throw me out this morning, we become addicted to all kinds of things. Amen. We we become addicted to our phones. We become addicted to, to busyness. My goodness. The Lord's convicted me of that. Just, just busyness, you know. And I feel like if I'm just busy studying for my next sermon or busy doing this or busy doing that. God's called you first to be yes. in him. And then he'll call you. On that path, as you illuminate what God wants you to do, and we become so caught up and so addicted to many things, but here's what I want to tell you this morning, is that we have boundaries that God gives by his word. Why isn't it so, so important to have the light for our path, but also understand the word of God, because the narrow path has boundaries on it. That's why God gave us his, his commandments, and God gave us his word. And before you get confused even about the commandments, Jesus really simplified it, didn't he? Love God and love people. Yes. Or like one writer said, and I can't remember which, Saint, you know, St. Francis maybe. He said, I'll tell you the secret. He said, love God and do whatever you want. Because if you really love God, you're going to do what he wants you to do. Are you yeah. hearing me today? Yeah. We, we so overcomplicate the, the gospel and we overcomplicate walking with him. And we become just distracted and really addicted to so many things in life that God comes along, hopefully in a sermon like today, and just reminds us, hey, let's evaluate what path we we find ourselves on. I know a few years ago when the Lord just challenged me to, to cut off my cable. And it was amazing how much, and I'm really just, I like to watch football mainly, but... I found myself just watching more TV, and I'm going to catch this, or I'm going to watch that. And don't get it wrong. I watch Netflix and some documentaries and things that I enjoy watching on TV. And basically, am I saying I'm more spiritual than you? Yes. Yes, I am. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, yes. I cut my cable off. Got rid of my TVs. I'm on my way to heaven. Straight shot. Narrow path right directly to the door of heaven. I'm not saying that. I'm saying as I evaluated what path I'm on, I evaluated all the distractions. And God's light began to illuminate things in my life that said, hey, this, this, this is, we, we, we give up God's best for what we think is God's good enough. God wants us to change that. Third, this is number three, and this is so important. When you're on the road trip, when you're on the narrow path, not only do you need to make sure and that we're simply following Jesus and his truth and what he would say and do, But then we look and we say, okay, God, how do I travel down this path? Well, if if the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, then the word... Is in the light is God's word that we study, that we get into. And my challenge for you is if you only come in here and hear the word on Sunday, then on Monday morning, tomorrow morning, get your Bible app out. Break open your Bible and begin to allow the scriptures to illuminate your path in your life. But thirdly, and I love this, and this is so important, is I don't want to just travel down this path alone. I want to go with like-minded people to walk with me. Because if you've got a part of the word in light, and you've got, George, a part of the word in light, and you've got a part, then we can come together. And guess what? My light gets brighter and brighter and yes. brighter. And it says, how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? And we need each other. Yes. We need each other to, to walk into. Here's why. Because sometimes I'm walking maybe a little off course, and I can have somebody... Come alongside me and say, hey, brother, you're, you're getting a little off. I need you to refocus. we got a, a young adult's Bible study right here at the church this afternoon. I encourage some of you young adults, get involved in that. There's the encouragement of the Word of God that's going to help us. 1 John 1 says, 7 says, if we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, God's Son cleanses us from all sin. Here's what Jesus is saying to you. Get on the narrow path when you decide to follow Jesus with all your heart. His word will begin to light and illuminate your path and as you're on this road trip called life, you'll discover there's other people that are carrying lamps too. Amen? Amen. And other lives whose paths have been cleared and they've walked a certain way and they've walked a certain certain way in the path that can help us. So I want to tell you what I'm going to would tell somebody if they were walking with me, here's what I would, here's, here's what I would tell somebody that were walking with me, that you're looking at a man that at one time in my life, a few years after I got saved, I lived a lot of regret, guilt, and anger. Oh yeah. Now those three are different. You may say regret, guilt, and anger are basically some of the same things, but they're not. Regret is where we live with what turned out to be just a really bad decision. Amen. Mm-hmm. But guilt is something different because regret is looking back and being regretful for a decision. Guilt is looking back at our sins. And it's kind of like regret, but it's those could be non-sinful type of things in our life because of guilt and the, and the things that come along. And the third is anger. And anger is really, it's not something that you did, it's something that was done to you. So when I walk with somebody and I'm shining the light of God's word, I don't look at them so much and say, well, you really shouldn't be guilty and you really shouldn't be angry and you really shouldn't live in regret let me actually tell you the truth of god's word if you're going to walk with me the light that i'm going to shine in your life is i'm going to look at you and tell you you know how i overcame guilt regret and anger and all those things that we all sometimes harbors we're trying to make our way down the path of life that jesus has called us on i want to tell you something that that i would tell you if you were walking with me so i'm going to tell you this morning is how you overcome that is you need to know your identity in Christ. I'm going to look at you and say, hey, get up off the ground, dust yourself off, light your lamp, and keep moving forward because what we've been called to do is far too important to wallow in guilt, anger, and regret. Amen? Amen. Why? Because I'm going to look at you and tell you, you're redeemed. Everybody say, redeemed. Redeemed. (laughs) You may say, oh, I don't feel, I don't care what you feel. It's the truth of God's word. And that will help you down the path of life. That will help you down the, the road trip that you're on. One of the best stories of redemption that, that I thought of was when I was a little kid, I used to go down to my grandparents in southern Ohio. And it was just a small town, and they actually lived in town. So they lived on the corner, and within a few blocks, I think two or three blocks down the road, was a little penny candy store. Anybody remember those? Yeah. yeah. Where you just go in. Well, what I loved is my grandparents would take those old Coke bottles. And they would leave them up for the, when the grandkids came every few weeks. And, you know, we would gather those up. And they'd say, okay, guys. And me and my brothers and my cousins that were living there, too, would gather a grandparent's house. And we'd just begin to walk. We'd be carrying all those Coke bottles. Man, we were so excited because they would give you 10 cents for a Coke bottle. I mean, you can get a lot of candy for 30, 40 cents. The amazing thing was, as I'm looking at some of those Coke bottles, this popped in my mind a while back, God just showing me what it means to be redeemed. Because redeemed means that it's not so much about what the product looked like, because I'm walking there and they were scratched, and they were all beat up. And, but there would be one that looked brand new, and there would be one that was all scratched up, and they still gave me 10 cents for both of them. Because the value wasn't in the container. The value was what they were going to put inside somebody. So if you're walking with me down the path of life, I came to remind you today that it's not just about what. Look, some of y'all look like what you've been through. Come on. (laughs) You do. But it's not about that. God wants to place something, someone inside you. His name's the Holy Ghost. Amen. And He is going to illuminate things in front of you by the Word of God. And then He's going to call some like-minded people that are going to walk along beside you. And one of the best things that people that are walking with their lamps with you is that when you get down, they're going to tell you, get up and keep moving forward, honey. Because God is too good and life is too short to wallow with regret, guilt, and shame. Jesus came to help remove that from us so that we could be free. That doesn't mean that when I sin and I feel that guilt, I repent in that moment. Some of you have just let your account build up for so long today. You need Jesus just to wash that thing clean again. Amen. Amen. But I want to be on the path with some like-minded people. And like-minded people, for me, aren't people that remind me of everything I used to be. It's those who show me what I could be in Jesus. Jesus. That you're like that Coke bottle. Like I said, some of you look like you've been through some stuff. Amen? But God is a redeemer. He is a restorer. Come on, somebody. If you can't get excited about that, I don't know if you're saved. Because there's nothing that is outside of God bringing you into a place of redemption and restoration. Some of you have been through such difficult things over the last six months to a year. And I just came to declare over you today, walking up that path with you, it may look dark, it may look dim, and it may look bleak, but God can turn a situation around on a dime, honey. He can turn it around like that. And He will as you continue to listen to Him and walk down that path. So you need to make sure that you're following and knowing Jesus. You need to make sure that you've got the scriptures hidden in your heart so that it can illuminate the path of life. Because what I'm afraid is that some of you have taken a step into the kingdom, which is receiving Jesus and getting your sins washed away. And then you've taken a long nap beside the door. Amen. And I say, get up because there's a world to be reached. There's souls that need to hear the good word of the kingdom of God. There are people out there that need the gospel preached to them, and they need loved on. Amen? So we get in that path, and then we're walking with like-minded people. Some of our spiritual journeys, and one scripture that I mentioned a minute ago was in James, James 4. And it said, what is life, right? He was a counselor, and I've counseled many people throughout the years. And you may have heard me ask you this question as I've counseled some of you in this room. And I just look at you and I'll say, tell me about your life. Because we all have different descriptions of what life's like, right? I heard people, you, I've used these terms myself. Oh, my life is a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Amen? Yeah. Anybody else's life sometimes? Sometimes I feel like the best pastor in the world, and sometimes I feel like the worst And it's sometimes in the same day. <laughs> sometimes I feel like the best husband in the world, and sometimes I feel like the worst husband in the world. Just like I was complimenting my wife for being on a mission field, and then I said her cooking wasn't bad. Up and down, up and down, y'all. Yes. I stay in trouble uh-huh. with this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Or maybe you're like Forrest Gump. Life is like a box of chocolates. What is life? It's like a box of I don't know about y'all, but if I get that one that's got that weird chocolate stuff, I'm putting it back. And I'm finding the one with coconut in it, y'all. So if you ever find a box of chocolates around my office or desk, I've, I've already picked them all up and squished them. I'm that, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. But it's like a box. So, so what is life? What, what is this path that we're on? And we'd all have different terms, roller coaster, I, maybe a minefield. Amen? That's how I describe pastoring. You never know what's going to blow up next. Amen. No, I'm kidding, kind of, kind of. We asked that question, we asked that question, of, he said, he would put us on the path of life, you're following him, his, the path is illuminated by his word, you're walking with other people, we're not supposed to do this alone, your illumination helps me because when I fall down, it says we can be picked up and encouraged and put on the path of life. That's the church you're in this morning, if you're visiting with us. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to condemn you. We're going to point you to Jesus and say, look, honey, I've fallen. No, the righteous fall seven times. though the Lord lifts him up. Amen? Amen. Number four, and I'm coming to a close. Some of you put your memes on Facebook that I have 20 more minutes, but I don't. <laughs> Number four is say, avoid traps. Say, avoid traps. Avoid traps. Say it again. Avoid traps. traps. Hebrews 12, 1 and verse 2. Therefore, let us aside every sin which so easily ensnares us. Let me stop right there. What I'm talking about of avoiding traps is not something that the devil has to work very hard to do in our lives. The Bible clearly paints a picture that the traps that we are to avoid, because let me tell you something this morning. The enemy's goal is to ensnare you, because it goes on to say, ensnares us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who endured the cross and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the Bible literally just told us that it's easy for the enemy to do this. He's a thief, he's a liar, and he's somebody that is trying to trap us into something that is wrong. And look, within the path that you're walking down, there are toils, snaps, traps, and snares. Listen, the Bible talks about the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. My point is, as you're walking this path, look out for the traps of the enemy because they're not just laid on the side. They're laid right in the middle of the path. I'm telling you right now they are. That DM that you got from somebody, trap. That text message from the old flame, trap. Yeah. Amen? That that temptation to do something you know you're not supposed to do. Young people, listen to me for just a minute. That temptation to do something you know that you're not supposed to do because the devil is very clearly a liar, a thief, and he loves to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. How, but Jesus has come with the path of life that we're on to give us life and to give it abundantly. But it behooves and it's on us to be discerning. Yeah. Man, d- discernment is the most important thing that we can have in our belief- in our lives as Christians during this time that we're living in. It says it says even the elect could be fooled that the angel di- that the the devil dis- d- disguises himself as an angel of light. Yeah. So we need to be very discerning. We need to evaluate everything in our life. Some people I see them run after things where I'm as a pastor, and this is my role. My role isn't to control you. My role is to warn you. And then love you through the wake-up call of having done it, even though I warned you. Come on, somebody. And I will. And when you get back up, and I believe you will. And when you begin to walk down the path again, and I believe you will. You are wiser from the thing that you went through because you recognize the snare. Listen, that is, I mentioned just right before, that we walk together down this path. Amen? Just as a side note, do you understand that that's why the enemy uses a fence as a snare more than anything else? Uh, You know why? Because like David said, he said, this thing that happened didn't come through somebody on the outside. It came from a brother I walked to the house of the Lord with. That's why it's so effective, because we didn't think that person we were in covenant relationship would say those things about me. Would believe that about me. That's a snare of the enemy. And, and, and we need to deal, listen to me this morning, if, if the Holy Spirit illuminates a snare or a trap before you ever fall into it, you need to deal with that right there in that moment. Amen. Because what do we do? Well, let me look at the trap. No. <laughs> well, it's a good looking trap. <laughs> it, well, maybe it won't hurt that bad. Kaplow. Okay. I'll say one more thing about the trap. Who's heard of Angela Lansbury? My mom loved that show, Murder, She Wrote, right? I started to suspect maybe she was going to murder my dad or something because every time Angela Lansbury showed up, somebody died, y'all. The quaintest, most prettiest little town. You're like, nothing ain't going to happen in this town. Dead. And then Leah started watching it recently. I'm kidding with you. She did. This is something you may or may not know. Most of you probably don't know this about Angela Lansbury. But she successfully avoided a trap in her own family way back before. When she was just a rising star, when she was just getting on the scene, a rising star in Hollywood, Angela Lansbury, had a teenage daughter. She was, I think, 15, 16, something like that. And in her own words, she said she met a Hollywood creep. This guy was just a Hollywood creep. And she went to her daughter just like the Holy Spirit has sent people walking down the path with you, and they've warned you, and they've warned you, and she warned her, and she warned her, this is guy's no good, you need to stay away from him. You and the daughter kept getting away and going back to the trap. Getting away, that describes some of your all's life right now. You're on the bungee cord yeah. of the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. You're on a, the devil's got you on a bungee cord. You're like, I'm free, I'm walking down the path, I'm free. And he's like... Vroom, vroom. Because you've never truly broken that soul tie. Uh-huh. You've never truly gotten delivered from what is really going on. And Angela Lansbury couldn't get it. So listen, this is what she did. She took her family and moved all the way across the ocean to Ireland or Scotland. I think Ireland. It's like, man, you would, did Jesus not say, if your eye offends you, pluck it out? Yeah. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. He wasn't saying to do that in a literal fashion. He's saying sometimes you've got to do drastic things in order to get away. Do you know who the man, the, the person that she was falling in love with was? Charles Manson. It's Charles Manson. Listen, I don't know about Angela Lansbury's relationship with God or anything else, but I know she's a mama. Uh-huh. Listen, just yesterday, they were going through customs, and Leah went and saw that Sound of Freedom movie where the human trafficking and all that. Uh-huh. Oh, don't go see that before you travel yeah. with <laughs> a 15-year-old daughter. <laughs> uh-huh. Leah's, just, Leah's just like, I don't want to break it down. I'm like, you're, you're going to be fine. We've lived in Mexico City for years. You know the ins and outs, you know. And sure enough, what happens? They're going through customs yesterday. She's right beside Leah, and while Leah's waiting to go up to the custom counter, Somebody from immigration came and told my daughter, we need to talk to you in a separate room. So when Leah turned around, my daughter's gone. Oh no. Y'all want to see the raging Cajun? <laughs> Woo, I'm surprised she's not in a Mexican jail this morning, y'all. I'm telling you the truth. Where is she? She busted up and I'm surprised they didn't arrest her. She's like, uh ha ha ha!" She's coming with me. But listen to me. When we're on that path of life, we need to be aware of every snare. And then the fifth thing, and this is my final one. I've got a scripture I'll read to you when I get back up there. On the path of life, remember this, it all belongs to God. The path belongs to God. The, the Everything beside it belongs to God. It all belongs to Him. What does that make in a difference in the way you're walking your path? Is when you know and understand that the path belongs to God and you're on it, then what God begins to do for you and I, and this is the practical side of my message right now, okay? Very practical. When you're taking steps, what I have found is the Scripture will illuminate something, I'll feel convicted in my heart, and I'll take a step. When you take a step, that's called faith. Because you're believing that the Word of God is going to come and become active in your life and help you change into who God wants you to be. Mm -hmm. So when I'm walking down, on any given day, one, one day God may lead me and say, I want, I want you to go witness to somebody over here. Okay, Lord, I'm on the path of life. I'm on the narrow path. I'm going to listen. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to go do what you... And the next day, God may call on me to invest something of my time into something that he's calling me to do. And then on the day after that, as I'm walking down the path of life, God may want me to invest some of my treasure because if you're really on the path of life and you really know that God owns it all anyway, then it's not your time and it's not your treasure and it's not really your path anyway. It is God's goodness and his grace and his mercy that you're on it to begin with. So you just start with the premise that it's all yours anyway, God, but we walk the path and that's, a, that's an evaluation whether you're on the path that's broad that leads to destruction because people who are on a broad path of destruction. They could care less what God wants. Wants him to do, But I came to tell some people at Christian Center this morning, God cares about your life. He wants to bless you, lead you, guide you in all truth and take you down the path of life so that your destination isn't destruction, but your destination is God's mercy and goodness Amen. and life abundantly. But it takes people that say, God, none of it's mine. So if on any given day you're calling me to sow something, then God, it all belongs to you anyway. I'm going to be obedient. Reminder that the offering things are in the foyer. Amen? <laughs> Buddy, if you'd come, please, and Alexis. I'm going to come in for a landing. Paul said this in Colossians three twenty three through 25. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not men. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Listen, we should remember in life that you are not just punching a time clock. And before you say, oh, you've pastored all your life. You don't know what it's like. No, I've been right there in the world. I've been right there where I'm starting to clock out and the boss will walk in the room and say, hey, I need you to go out and do another four hour job. Now, when B.C., before Christ after christ no i'm kidding I, I wanted to but i had other believers that i was now working with that would be like let me show you the path of life let me let me let me give you colossians here where it says everything you're doing is you're not working for him anymore bro you're working for him Your life isn't just about yourself now. You now belong to another where people are looking for truth. And when they come to the church, they find a giant group of people that live like the world and talk like the world and complain like the world and get grumpy like, and I'm not talking about getting grumpy. I get grumpy myself. Um, I, I say to myself, Lord, you know, what path am I on? But I begin to evaluate and say, God, it shouldn't be so for us. We should should be a great exclamation of what God can do in somebody's life. Amen? Stand with me this morning. I'm going to give you three quick things. I'm going to go back to Matthew 25 again. Because this guy that Jesus is talking to, he gets to the end of his road trip. He gets to the end of life. And this is what Jesus said to him. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Listen, three things that everybody needs to hear at the end of your life. I'm telling you right now, three things that everybody needs to hear is well done. Is anybody beside me looking to hear that at the end of yes. your life? Amen. Me too. Number two, you're being promoted. Yes. <laughs> Listen, he says, you've been faithful over the little. And I want you to know this about your life. You will answer for how you walk the path. Yeah. Yes. I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation is a free gift. It is your, your sins are washed clean because you've received by faith the finished work of the cross of Christ. But you absolutely will answer for the way you walk that path. And he says, we all want to hear well done and we all want, I do, I want to be promoted. I want God to say, hey, I sent you to Homosassa. You were faithful to serve me, faithful to disciple people, faithful to your wife, faithful to your family. You didn't embarrass everybody. Come on. I may have already done that, but sorry. But he says, you've been faithful over the little. Listen to me. You are in training for reigning with him. So there are no small insignificant things in the kingdom of God that he directs you to do because he puts things in front of us on that path of life so that we're obedient. And this is how God is. Let me tell you who your God is. He's doing it so you can obey, so he can write in heaven. I can't wait to see them because eyes not seen, ears not heard. I don't even, listen, I don't even want to try to begin to understand what heaven's really going to be like because it far exceeds anything you've ever heard or thought. Anything. And then we stop there and forget the rest of that scripture. He says, but the spirit, come on. Uh-huh. He begins to, to, to form heaven in our life and an eye to see. God, I can't wait to see you because the Bible is so clear. Listen to me for just two minutes. I know I'm getting worked up again. I'm trying to land and I'm taking off again. But listen, he said when we stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ, and if you're a believer, that's the seat you'll stand before he says, everybody's works will be evaluated by fire. And what I do on a regular basis is I say, God, I'm inviting the fire of heaven now. So you can burn up. I want you to burn it up now. It's like Corey, Tim. It's like Corey Tim Boom said. She said, I've learned to hold on to things of life very loosely. So God doesn't have to pry it from my hand. So I say, God, burn it up now because he said, there's, there's six things that you can build with way. Hay, wood, and stubble, or gold, silver, and precious jewels. And man, I don't know if if this is a moment I had this revelation myself, or if I heard somebody preach it. I don't remember. One of y'all may have even posted it on Facebook, or I don't don't know. But I was studying yesterday, and I thought, wood, hay, and stubble are all man-created things, and they're all above ground. Gold, silver, and precious jewels are all below... And listen to me this morning. They're really hard to find and get to. Yes. So your spiritual walk, this journey that you're on of life, it is going to get hard. It is going to get difficult. It is going to become weary at times. But I came to tell you this morning, if you're down, get up. Because God has a reward of promotion. He has a reward to, at the end of this for you to come into the kingdom of God. Amen. And then listen the end of that verse, the reason I chose the New Living Translation is awesome because let's celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand for tens of thousands and thousands, you'll never get bored worshiping Jesus for his sacrifice that he did. Amen. It's going to be feast upon feast and, and worship upon worship in heaven upon heaven in heaven. There is nothing wrong with fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Amen listen to me despise the cross and endure it you have to despise some things in this life there's things that happen to people that i love dearly and i'm just like oh we live in enemy territory but oh honey there will be a day when sin is washed away when death is done and vanquished and we live in with christ in eternity Amen? amen bow your heads this morning i want to ask you a question today as we wrap up I guess my point with that last point is it can be hard sometimes. We don't want to just hear welcome. We want to hear well done. So I ask you today, are you living a life that is on that path of life? Are you living a life that you know that you know that you have stepped into the the path of life? It's narrow. And he says very few people actually find this path. I guess my big concern as I've studied to preach this today is I've, I've been here long enough, six years, to get to know a lot of you very, very deeply and well. I'm saying this from a pastoral heart, but it's going to sting for just a minute, okay? It's going to sting. There's some of you that are deeply involved in this church. I'm not trying to run anybody off. I'm just telling you the truth. Six years of getting to know. And I question whether there's the change that comes from truly repenting and putting your faith in Christ. I don't say this for you to laugh. I say it with every ounce of just heartbroken because I I weep over this stuff. Some of you are grumpier and meaner than you were 6 years ago and I'm concerned. I am. Because when you're walking down the path of life, you become more like Jesus every single day. Some of you are looking back at me like, "You you've gotten grumpier too. Maybe I have." So this this sermon is preached to me too. The church Let's make sure we're all on the path of life. So if the Holy Spirit has convicted you of anything in this sermon, I want you to shoot your hand up because I got convicted. I got convicted studying it. Amen. Probably half of us are all in the same boat. So let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father we, hear your word. we hear your word. We ask today, we ask today that, you that you put us on the path of life. Path of life. We, enter we enter now through the narrow gate of faith in Christ. Father, today, I ask you to illuminate the path. Send people to walk alongside me. And God, today, we will keep our eyes focused on the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, wash me clean. Walk closer to me in my life. Help me to live my life with eternity in mind in Jesus name. Amen. Guys, if you would put that up in the back real quick, here's what we're going to do. I, if you weren't here last week, I gave you a blessing that I really want you. And this, this is something that I want you to memorize, to speak over your life over these 40 days, every single day, because it will become a part of your spirit And when you start to curse something, there's something else that's going to come out. But the Holy Spirit needs to put something in there for you to remember. Amen. So let's read this together. I am blessed. I am blessed going in. I am blessed going out. I'm blessed in the bowl. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. Next slide. My family is blessed. My home is blessed. Everything I put my hand to is blessed. Everywhere I put my foot down is blessed. Those that bless me are blessed. And I am a blessing. Amen. Go in the name of the Lord, church. Be blessed today.